everyone. Welcome back to Tea Green with hosts Jensen and Megan. On this episode, we are joined by Marissa Winsler, a junior at the University of Kentucky. Go Big Blue. During her freshman year, she had 73.8 single scoring record. That was the third lowest in school history. She's had three top 25 finishes, a top 10, and she's a consistent contributor on her team. During the 2021 season, she helped her team reach the NCAA championship, which was the first time the team had done so in 29 years. She's also been a WGCA All-American scholar every season, and she has it all. And she's my teammate, yo. During the summer season, she has also seen some success. She has made match play in the last two U.S. women amateurs, where she upset the one seed in the round of 64 this last summer. She made the quarterfinals of the 2021 U.S. Women's Four Ball with my co-host Jensen and was also the runner-up in the 2020 LNGA Amateur. And not to mention, she just recently won the 2021 Women's Western Am this last summer. So Marissa, thank you for taking the time to sit down with us and talk to us today. Thank you guys. I'm really excited to be here and to talk to y'all. So what's your story with golf? How'd you get started? So I was playing soccer and golf when I first started. And so I kind of had a bad coaching experience with soccer. So that's how I kind of started to get into golf more. Um, It was around 10 years old is when I started to actually like it. Um, So that's kind of how I began. And I followed in my brother's footsteps and was able to practice with him for a lot of my junior golf career and get to have a role model with me by my side. So you've been playing a while. Yeah, not not as long, though, as like most people. I feel like everyone plays golf when they're like two years old or like when they first start walking like you, Jensen. Don't at me next time. <laughs> Did you play high school golf? Yeah, I played um, high school golf on my team. It was at Centerville High School in Dayton, Ohio. And we Ohio golf, I would say, is pretty good. I mean, you know, you go to a few a few um states and it's okay but I think Ohio golf's done a pretty good job and we were we were a pretty good team when we played and they still are amazing I mean um our coach Michael Dalton he's still doing a good job there but it's been good so what was the transition like going from that type of team golf to college golf I think it was it was pretty normal I mean obviously high school golf I don't know if it's like this for you guys too but it was a lot more relaxed and obviously, you know, your distances are different and it's shorter and it's way more chill. And then you kind of go into, you know, D1 college golf and it's like, whoa, like this is legit. Like this is like what I play in, in my summer tournaments or, you know, national tournaments and all that stuff. So it was definitely a big transition, but it was nothing really unexpected because, you know, if you're, if you're wanting to play D1 golf, odds are you're playing a lot of national tournaments anyways so you kind of get used to that um, atmosphere some girls choose to play other individual events instead of high school golf what would you say is a benefit of playing a team golf in high school I think you learn a lot of things I mean you're again you learn to be on a golf like you you learn to be on a team and with golf it's super individualized so you don't really get that um so yeah that's definitely a big thing and then you learn like a lot of leadership roles as well what was the recruiting process like for you It was, it was not that bad. You know, I mean, obviously it's a big decision having to make for the next four years of your life. So it can be stressful, but it was also fun at the same time because I was able to visit a lot of schools and do a lot of fun unofficial visits and everything. And then for me, it was a pretty easy decision to go to Kentucky. I was kind of 
narrowed down to two schools and um, sat down with my parents and talked it over and it ended up being one of the best decisions I made. Yeah, that's right. I always like to think of the college recruiting process as like boyfriends. Oh, it's exactly like that because you're like, you're like going on dates with schools you have to figure out which one you want to go to. It's kind of funny. Exactly. But then sometimes, I mean, I don't know about you guys, pretty loyal in relationships. I feel like I kind of get like cheating. Like I'm almost cheating when I visit another school. Yeah. You, you feel bad. Like you're like, you're, you're going to a visit to a school, but then like in the back of your head, you're thinking about like, you're comparing it to the other school. It sounds messed up, but like, you kind of have to, you know, like, I'm not going to make a bad decision. Exactly. Like Kentucky has blue eyes. Do I want a blue eyed man or a green eyed man? <laughs> I guess you put it that way. When did you commit? Beginning of junior year or no, it was February of my junior year. I committed. What kind of change did you make to your game for you to perform on such a high level, which also helped you to get recruited for college? Um, I think a lot of it was mental. I mean, obviously, you're always working on the mechanical aspects of your game and getting better, tightening up the short game and tightening up your swing and everything. But I think a lot of it was mental. I mean, going into Kentucky, I, I always felt uh, very like kind of like I was an underdog or like I just didn't feel like I was like one of the top players in junior golf. And so a lot of that was kind of training your brain to be like, hey, I can play with the rest of these amazing players that have been insane since their junior years. And so I think that was a huge thing is trying to like flip your brain into having a little bit more confidence in yourself. Was there any moment where you knew UK was home for you? Um, it was my first visit and I like bought a bunch of stuff from the bookstore, which I thought's hilarious because I didn't really do that at any other school. Um, so it was kind of funny because I was like, it was almost like I visited UK and then all the other schools, I just kind of like compared those schools to only UK. That's how you know. Yeah, that's how you know. Why Kentucky? What about it? Um, I think it's a lot of things like they they treat their athletes really well. I mean, obviously, you know, it's a D1 school. It's SEC, which is really awesome. Um, but obviously the coaches, you know, Brian and Golda, we have awesome strength coaches, um, athletic trainers, you know, academic advisors and everything. So it just felt like a family. And then obviously with my teammates, you know, we we came in with four players, obviously Jensen included, but it was nice because that that was like a family feel where like we all went through freshman year we were all learning the ropes together and so I think that that was really exciting to be able to have people by your side to to figure it out yeah that was special and at, at the time we were all like four people like that's a crazy amount of people but I mean you're right we all learned from each other and, and we got through that freshman year together I mean COVID year whatever yeah it was fun though in the dorms what is one piece of advice you'd give golfers who are going through the recruiting process? I think honestly, just stick with what your heart's telling you. And, and I've, I've heard, you know, a few of the girls that's come on your guys's podcast earlier, they have said some great pieces where they always say, you know, take, take golf out of it. Do you still see yourself at that school? And like, that's like, again, one of the biggest things that people told me was 
like, can you see yourself there if golf doesn't work out? Like maybe you have an injury or, um, or maybe something along the lines of that. Like, do you still find love at that place? And so I think that was a big piece of advice that I got. So I got to know, what is it like being a student athlete at Kentucky? It's super fun. I mean, we always have a ton of energy and, you know, you get treated again. Like I said, you get treated really well there. And it's just nice to be able to have other athletes and in other sports like along with you, because I mean, when we were in the dorms freshman year, like we met so many people from other sports. And so it was kind of nice because you learn like you figure out, oh, like some of these people are going to be like my really good friends. And it's it's really cool, honestly, to just to just be able to be in an atmosphere where you feel like family because everyone supports everyone there. And and we always go to like we'll go to soccer games or volleyball or or basketball and whatever. So it's always fun to just support our friends that are in different sports. And what is a day in the life for you um, at school? Yeah. So it's it's really fun. I mean, it can get hectic sometimes, but um, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, you're for me, I mean, at least my schedule this upcoming spring, I I have class only on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings, which is super nice because my Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays are are exciting, except for the fact that we have 6 a.m. workouts on Monday and Wednesday. But, you know, it is what it is, but um, it's fun, but it's it's definitely busy. But you find you find little things throughout the day that make you happy. Like if you're driving with one of your teammates through a busy day or you're walking to class with one of your teammates, too, like it's just nice to have the people there to make the busy days and the not so fun days a little bit better. So I got to make sure I heard that right. You only have class on Tuesdays and Thursdays this next semester? Yeah, I have three classes. They go from like eight to noon, um, three classes in person, and then five online, or whoa, two online. <laughs> um, so five total. Um, so yeah, I was really excited about that because I was like, man, that's going to be so nice because I can catch up on school or maybe sleep or practice a little bit longer on those days where I don't have to go to class, which is super nice. Mm-hmm. And what are you majoring in? I'm uh, I'm in finance. Wow. I can I can say that's probably a little more difficult than what I'm doing. I'm majoring in psychology, so that's pretty impressive. What does your schedule look like for that? Are the classes pretty tough? Yeah, they're they're getting kind of tough. I mean, I I can't I have to take accounting and I hate accounting. It sucks. But I mean, I have an accounting class, two finance classes, and then some other classes like analytics that go along with the finance portion but I mean it's it's all based on what you like so like for me like I like math and numbers so like finance is more of my style versus like someone who doesn't really like numbers like they would kind of go more of like a marketing and management um you know that pathway yeah I'm definitely not a big numbers person so I think that would be much better path for me but that is awesome how are the facilities at school Uh, They're really good. I like them a lot. I mean, I like our strength area. Um, Our weight room is really awesome. We always have good energy going into there. And we have Nutter, um, which is super nice because that's where we can cook. And and we hang out a lot with like a lot of players um, or a lot of people from other sports, um, which is cool because it's like a little social hour that you get. And then with our golf course, we have a really good – facility and we just got the new like putt view 
um, putting green, which is super nice because we have like the like the big putting green, like the indoor area, because obviously it gets cold up here. Um, but it's nice to just have a little bit of something that's more, you know, technical and you can you can see different things. You can see different putts and breaks and stuff. Yeah, that sounds really neat. I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. So that's really cool. That you guys have that. It's a great resource to be able to use. What kind of equipment do you guys use on the team? Do you have anything specific you're required to use in terms of clubs or can you kind of use whatever you like? Um, I think it's honestly just based off of what you prefer. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm all tailor-made. Like I, I really like tailor-made and, um, I play their ball and I just, I think it's a really, it's, it's good for me. I mean, it may not be good for someone else, but that's just, that's just the way that, you know, it is. And it's, it's an individual sport. And so things are going to be different for everyone, but you know, if, if, if it works for you, it works for you. When are your guys' practices and workouts? So, like I said earlier, we have um, Monday, Wednesday at 6 a.m. this semester, which will be quite interesting because we've never done that before. Um, and then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have morning practice. And then Tuesday and Thursday, we have afternoon practice. When did you guys work out in the past? What time? We So, our freshman year um, and I think sophomore year, we were always in the afternoon. So, like... It was like five or six o'clock because that's the only thing that worked with our schedules. And then last semester we had one at 6 a.m. and then one at 3.30 on Friday. Um, so yeah, the the two days at 6 a.m. will be interesting, but you know, we'll, pu we'll push through. <laughs> that's gonna be a fun new experience for you guys. I feel like more and more schools are starting to go that route too. We're like one of the only schools I feel like that has never had a 6 a.m. workout. I think it'd be really great to be able to get them out of the way sometimes, but it's also nice to be able to sleep in a little bit more. So you guys will have fun with that. Good luck. Thanks. I mean, getting up at 530 is never easy, but it will make it work. <laughs> How does your team qualify for events? So we usually, it depends on obviously open, um, open weekends and stuff that we have. But usually the weekend before a tournament, we will have qualifying either you know, it always changes. It could be two days, it could be three, it could be four. Um, it really depends, but um, we usually do definitely have qualifying before events, not obviously back-to-back -back ones, but, um, and then we'll qualify usually for one spot and then the coaches will pick the next four. Why do you only qualify for one? So we like to look at it as if you're trying to win a golf tournament. So if you're, you know, if the coach says, hey, we're going to we're going to qualify for five spots, then your mindset could go from, oh, I have to win qualifying in order to secure my spot to, oh, I can just get fifth, which is like nobody wants to get fifth. Like you want to play and you want to go out and you want to try to win qualifying. So at least for me, it's definitely changed the way that I look at um, qualifying. I mean, you definitely want to go out there and win. Um, so I like it a lot. I think it's a good way to go about it. How has your game developed since you've arrived at college? Um, it's definitely gone better, which is a good thing. <laughs> um, I would hope it would. But um, definitely the short game has uh, gotten a little bit better. And, you know, you have access to TrackMan more um, at school. So you're able to see your numbers a little bit better than you would at home. Um, but I would say definitely the short game has been one of the biggest improvements for sure. Because, I mean, coming from Ohio, like, 
in the winter time, it's, it's kind of hard at, home, at my home to practice short games. So always in the beginning of the year, it's a little rusty, but you know, you figure it out as you go on, at least when we're at school, we have our indoor short game area, which helps to keep that, you know, in check. Have you added any new drills for practice routines since you arrived at UK? Yeah, definitely. A lot of it um, is what the coaches will give us. So we do a lot of competitive things for practice, which I love because, you know, when you're home alone and, and you're practicing on your own, it's kind of hard to, to be competitive. I mean, I guess you could be competitive with yourself, but it's nice because they'll give us a lot of drills where we're being compared to the rest of the team. So it's, you're just, you're bringing more competition and you're changing your mindset to like from technique to competition, um, which is really good. So I think that's one of the biggest things was a lot of, a lot more competitive drills. What is the strength of your game in your opinion? I would like to say the strength of my game is probably wedges or possibly irons. I don't know. My my greens and regulation has gone up a lot. So I'm going to say irons. Yeah, you definitely have such a solid wedge game. So how have you practiced that? Uh, every once in a while, I'll do um, some wedge combines or some wedge tests on the track band to make sure that I'm still hitting, you know, I still know how far my wedges are going. Um, so that's one of the main things I do for like technique wise. And then obviously if I want to go out and play like practice on the course, then I'll just like kind of be like, okay, like I'll hit my iron shot or whatever. And then I'll just kind of throw a, a throw a ball down and in like a wedge distance and then try to hit it obviously as close as possible and if it's not a good shot then I'll keep hitting it to kind of make sure I'm, I know how far it's going or or get the trajectory right what are your go-to putting drills recently I've really liked we started doing it with the team where you have to make eight four footers in a row but all different putts um I really like that one because that's like one of the drills where like yeah, it's four feet, but like once you get to that like sixth putt in a row or seventh, you kind of get nervous and you're like, oh my God, I do not want to start over. So that's been one of my favorite ones. And then I also try every time I practice putting to pick seven different putts, 20 feet and in, two of them within eight feet and try to make four out of seven of them. Um, it's, it's really hard. So if I get three out of seven, I'm like, okay, that's pretty solid. If I get two, then I'll do it again and try to get at least three or four. You know, Marissa, I saw Jensen shaking her head when you were explaining that first one. It gets me thinking if she has bad blood with that drill, if it's if it's too tough. I don't know what's going on there. What's the story yeah, there? I'm not going to lie. Like when our coaches first told us about it, we were like, OK, yeah, like, you know, it's four feet, you know, eight in a row. And it was actually really freaking hard. And it was so <laughs> annoying because you would just see all of us on the putting green. And then if you heard someone be like, no, like you knew they were on like their seventh or eighth putt and they missed it and they had to start over. And so sometimes it got a little time consuming if, you know, you weren't used to the speed or whatever, but I think it's a good way to practice that, that stress of those putts. Do you have any short game or up and down drills? Yeah. I mean, the usual 21 for chipping. I mean, that's like the go-to whenever we go to the chipping green at school, it's like, Hey, you want to play 21? So that's like the main one for chipping for sure. Are there any drills that you did as a junior golfer that you, you still do now? 
Yeah, I, I've always used the perfect putter. Um, I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's like, you know, the thing where it rolls a perfect line for you and you can put down gates and you can do breaking putts and stuff. And so I've done that in junior golf for a long time because I noticed that my, like when I first started using it, my stroke of my putter would change based on like what the putt broke. And so I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. And so that's always like a good checkup for me is I'll throw down a right to left, left foot putt and then left to right, and then make sure that I'm hitting my line, even if they're breaking. Is your practice slash training routine the same during the school year versus when you're at home? Um, it's definitely different. It's, it's usually when I'm home, it's in the summer. So it's much longer. Like I like to like play in the morning and then just do some practice afterwards. But I mean, I like to play more. And then obviously when I'm at school, you either practice or you play during your hours that you have, because there's always a time crunch with, you know, last semester we were all in the morning and I had class every day. So you, you didn't have time like to stay past. Um, whereas I'm hoping this year it's a little bit different, but obviously you don't have school as a priority in the summer. So you can kind of just stay out there as long as you want. What about your workout routines? Does that differ? Um, it stays the same for the most part about how much. Um, it's just, it depends a little bit. Obviously I have to make a few adjustments because I have, I don't have like some of the equipment that we have in our weight room. So there's just like a few minor things that change, but either than that, I try to work out. Like I try to lift at least four times and then do some other stuff, you know, along with that. How many events do you like to play in during the summer? Um, I usually like to play three, three or four. I mean, four can get a little much depending on your schedule for that summer. Um, I think I played, I think I played three this past year or no, I played four. What's your favorite event? Definitely the women's amateur. I mean, just like the past two years I've been there, there's just been so much hype. I mean, obviously I got to be there with you, Jensen, uh, the first year that I went at Woodmont, which was super fun because, you know, we we were both there and we were doing like media stuff for for Eric, our media guy. Um, so that was nice to like be able to be there with you. And then obviously this past year, like, come on, like obviously the playoff was insane and obviously you winning it and everything. I mean, there's just so much hype around that tournament. Like it, and there's nothing better. I mean, they, the media on it is so good. It's like better than any other tournament. USGA does such a great job running events. They do such a good job. Yeah, that's all you could say. It's, they do such a great job running events, and it makes everyone want to play in it, and they treat you like royalty there. Speaking of summer events, this last summer, like I mentioned before, you won the Women's Western which is made up of a 36 hole stroke play qualifier. And then it goes to the top 64 players, which are seeded into match play. So that is a lot of golf to be played in only five days. What is your mentality going into this week? Honestly, I just kind of take it day by day. I mean, there's not, you can't really think ahead because you don't know how far you're going to go. So you go into each day without thinking about the next and you kind of, like if you have one match that day, then your sole priority is that one match. It's not, you know, oh, am I going to be here tomorrow? So that's like my big thing is to kind of take it, you know, one day at a time. And in your finals match, you went into extra holes. I think it was 20 extra holes or two extra holes. So 20 holes. 
What was your mindset like when you had to go into those extra holes, especially against such a talented player? Yeah, so that whole match was very stressful because I played um, Madison. She's She goes to Oklahoma State, and she's like – She's an insane player. Like, she's really good, and she's super nice. And so I was up early in that match, but, like, I just – I knew she would somehow, you know, get – like, she would get it back. And so, obviously, I wish, you know, that did not happen, but it, it's going to happen. It's golf. And so she did. And so uh, the last, like, six holes or so, we were just kind of back and forth. And then I lost 16 and 17. So we were all square going into 18 and I was like, oh crap, like, I, like, I'm not about to give this away. And so again, like it's so much easier said than done, but I don't know how I did it for this tournament, but you just, you literally just have to think about the shot that you have and that is it. And honestly, I think it's easier to think about the shot in front of you when you have a ton of pressure, because there's nothing else that you can do. Like, you can't think about anything else. Like you just have to think about, I need to hit this shot in the fairway right now or else nothing else matters. And so again, just taking it shot by shot and just keeping yourself calm and, and keeping your heart rate low and everything. Yeah, and I feel like this is always pretty true, but especially when you're playing against someone like a Madison from Oklahoma State, who's just always so consistent, is you always have to expect the best from the other player, and there's nothing you can do about that. You know, you gotta you gotta kind of step up and take each hole for yourself and make the birdies yourself, and not not expect them to just give the hole away. That's a piece of advice I was given to in college that helped me so much. Is you know, like you gotta go and you gotta take it yourself. That's how you win big matches and big tournaments. Is you kind of take your fate into your own hands. From what we have heard, your parents were not able to make the trip with you to this tournament. So right after you won, kind of what was going through your mind? And then how emotional was it when you actually had the chance to see your parents when you got back? So, yeah, my my parents were um, planning our family reunion back at home. So I told them, I was like, hey, don't worry about it. Like, I know it's going to be a stressful week. Like, I don't know when I'll be back. Like, the last match is on Saturday, which was was, was our family reunion. So like, I was just kind of like, Oh, we'll see, you know, whatever. Um, and so that whole week, it was actually really hard to keep my mind in golf because like my family is, is so important to me. And so I had extended family at home as well. And they got in kind of right when the tournament started. And so to keep my mindset as yes, I want to go home and see my family, but I don't want to go home until Saturday was really hard. Like it's a lot harder than I thought it would be, but um, it made it 10 times better when I was able to call them and tell them I won and they all freaked out and my my dad got a video of it and everything and so just to see that 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 drive home was just it was the longest drive ever because I just wanted to see all of them but when I did like it was just the best feeling ever and I was able to see like my extended family too which was even better so it was a really really cool experience. Yeah, there's nothing better than having a great family that supports you. It's really cool that you're able to go out there and still compete and then have a great family to come home to and celebrate with. So there's an increasing number of events where you start to see the stroke play qualifier that goes in a match play format being implemented. And you seem to be very consistent with making the cuts and continuing on to the match play format. Is there anything specific that you do to prepare for these events and kind of or anything that helps you to lead to the success? I think that just going into it in the beginning, I am always really excited about match play because 
it's not something that we're really able to do during um, our college season. I mean, obviously of East Lake, which, you know, if you're able to play in that, that's amazing. And then also um, SECs and, and the national championship. And so, but for the most part, like your other tournaments are just stroke play. So having match play is just really exciting because it's a different part of golf that like not a lot of people get to do. Um, but honestly, nothing really changes like with the mindset. I mean, obviously your main goal is to win, but for me, like I have to break it down. We're like, okay, like I just got to play some solid golf these two days and then I can go make a run because in my opinion, like your seed does not matter. If you're playing in a prestigious event, like most of the tournaments, like they have in the summer, your seed is so irrelevant. I mean, there's so many upsets you see all the time. Um, just because, I mean, everybody, if you make match play, they're a pretty solid player. And so, and anything can happen in match play too. So now I got to ask about the 12 for two playoff and the women's am this year. I'm not very good at doing math as we've already established, but it seems like the odds of making it through that playoff are pretty slim. So can you kind of tell us about what competing in that was like? Yeah, I was so excited to talk about this. So I was watching Jensen on 18. And she had like the nastiest lip out ever. And I was like, oh my God, like, what was that for? And so um, I saw Troy and he was like, yeah, that was that. Now she's going to be in the playoff. And I'm like, okay, so it's 12 for two. And, you know, Jensen was lucky because she finished her round. And then 10 minutes later, we're about to start a playoff. Well, I played in the morning that day. And so, you know, I played and I was like, I mean, I don't really know, like, I think in the beginning I was in it and then I was out of the playoff and then I was in it again and then out and it just goes back and forth depending on how everyone plays. And then I come back and you're just like, okay, like, what do I practice right now? Like, what do I do? Like, I guess I'll just hit a few putts. I guess I'll just, you know, hit some balls and everything. And so then it ended up, you know, turning in the 12 for two. And then we had three groups of four. So Jensen was in the second group and so the, the first group already went through and there was some pars, there were some bogeys, whatever. And Jensen hit her putt or Jensen hit her shot. And it was like, it looked super close. I looked at my brother. She already left. I don't even think I told her this, but I looked at my brother and I was like, dude, like that's a spot. Like she's making this putt. I'm telling you right now, like Ryan, there's one spot, there's one spot. And he's like, calm down. Like you're fine. You're fine. And then of course you made it. And I was like, I mean, I expected it. And so it was just one of those things where like, I think it was a good thing that I told myself that because then I was able to get in the mindset again real quick, like, hey, there's only one spot. And so, you know, she went through and everything. And then I hit, I hit it to like 12 feet, I think. And then everyone else in my group already went. So I realized, okay, this putt is, is to make it into the, ter into the tournament, into the match play. And then when I made it, it was like the most amazing feeling ever. And you just, be able to experience that with Jensen and to be able to be like, you know, like two, two wildcats made it in like 12 for two. It was, it was the two wildcats. Like that was just one of the greatest things too. And obviously being 63 and 64 seed, like we always love an underdog. And so, you know, Jensen ends up winning as a 63 seed. Like it goes back to saying like your seed does not matter. Yeah. That was one of the most special moments that I've probably ever had. And like you said, for it to be a 12 for two playoff, us both look at each other, you know, and we're both like, we both want to be in it. And, you know, we're, we're competing against each other as teammates. We're both standing there in blue and white stripes. We both want what's best for each other, but we both know, like, we want to be in this. 
And for us to show up and just to go through that together, the odds were against us, but it shows our nerves were made of steel. And it was just one of the coolest things to be able to hug your teammates after that experience. One of our other teammates, Lainey Fry, was there and she stayed around and watched the playoff. And I mean, that was that was incredible. That was so special. Yeah, I think it would have been a little different if it was like a 12 for one. We probably would have been like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> I'll see you in the parking lot. I'll see you in school. Yeah. <laughs> no, we wouldn't have done that. I know, I know. But it's funny to think about like, oh God, like what if? So you mentioned that you went off in the morning wave that day. Was there anything that your day consisted of, you know, kind of knowing the whole day, like, oh, I could be in a playoff. I, I might not be in a playoff. What was there anything specific that you did during the day? Um, yeah, it was horrible. I looked at my phone all day because I was just watching the live scoring and it was just driving me crazy. And finally, like, you know, we were eating lunch and, and I was like, we got to leave. Like, I can't, I can't be here anymore. Like, and so we left and we went back to the hotel and my family forced me to go shopping, which like, I hate shopping. Um, but like, they were like, you need to get out of the house. And so like the whole time, like my sister would be like, oh, this is cute. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, can I check my phone? Cause like they took my phone away. Um, so I wouldn't look at it and everything, but then so we did that and then we came back and we were sitting back at the hotel and I'm like, we got to go back. Like, we're not going to be doing anything else. Like we're going to be figuring out soon, like what the playoffs going to consist of. If I'm even in it, like we need to go back. And so that's kind of what the day was like. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't fun, but I ended up, you know, being worth it at the end of the day. It was definitely like the longest day of my life. A hundred percent. Yeah, so what I'm learning now is maybe a little mid a mid tournament shopping spree is what everyone needs to be successful. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Noted. So you've talked a little bit about this already, but having to compete against one of your teammates can be difficult. What was your mindset with that? Did you guys say anything to each other before or did you just kind of go into it like we know we're just going to compete and just see what happens? It's kind of funny because every time like I think of Jensen and I, because like, I feel like we've always had like competitions and stuff and always play, always playing against each other in the summer, but it's all, we always say we love each other. And I think it's so funny because we're like, Hey, like, I love you, bro. Like, you know, you got this. And then it's, it's always funny though. Cause we're always like, Oh, we want, you know, we want to win, but like, we also want them to do well and everything. And so it's like a battle where like, yeah, you're playing your teammate and you obviously want to win, but like, you're always going to be happy for them regardless. And you have to be because they're your sisters for life. And like, that's the one thing, like, you know, even having Lainey there as well, like, you know, she made it into the match play easy. And like, it was cool for her to even be there to watch Jensen and I in the playoff and everything. So it's just, it's family first, a hundred percent. One of the things I'm most appreciative of is going to a school and having nine new sisters and you know we all have good days we all have bad days but at the at the end of every day like we all love each other we all want what's best for each other and we're all going to push each other i mean we all love each other we're going to go out there but we want to kill each other on the golf course as soon as we walk off the golf course we want to sit there and laugh and talk about what we were thinking about and guys and everything else in our life and that's just something you can't take away yeah you, I agree 100% I mean it's nice because you have you know eight other people that 
share the same goals, ambitions as, and values as you. And at the end of the day, like, it's not always about golf, kind of what you said, Jensen, like, yeah, like when you're on the golf course, yeah, it's golf and it's competition and you want to play well and, and stuff like that. But, you know, when it's time to chill and, and lay down and go to bed, like you have people there that are there to support you and, and talk about, talk about life with. And so that's special. I don't know about you guys, but I get the question quite a bit of like, oh, what would you do if you have to play head to head with one of your teammates and match play in an event? Get that all the time. I'm sure you guys have gotten that question being so close. And I feel like when you have a relationship like that with another person, what a lot of people don't understand is that you're both very real with each other. Like, yes, we both want to win. Yes, we both want to dominate. But at the same time, we love each other. And at the end of the day, we're still going to be friends because whatever happens on the course happens on the course and you leave it out there. So I don't know if that's how you guys feel, but I've had that question a lot. Yeah, I agree. We were, Jensen and I were really excited because after we made it through match play, we looked at the bracket. We were like, dude, the only way we can play with each other is in the final match. Like, that's awesome. And so it was funny because it was like the complete opposite last year. We like, if we both won our first match, we had to play each other. So like, it was kind of nice to be like, okay, like, you know, we like, I'll see you at the final, you know, something like that. It would be cool. Both of our first AMs, we both made it in a match play. And, you know, that night before the match play starts, the bracket comes out and all I see is my name, like three people in between Marissa and I. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I mean, you don't want to play your teammate, especially in this round of 32. I mean, come on. But You called year, me. I you called me. I was about to go to bed and she goes, dude dude, if we both win our matches, we have to play against each other. I'm like, okay, let me get through the first match first and then we can figure it out later. And then I did it. So it ended up not being an issue. Marissa, earlier you mentioned how, especially in match play, seating doesn't really matter. You know, anybody can win. And I think you really proved your own point about that during this week of golf, because the very first match you upset the one seed as the 64 seed. So how was that match? Um, it was a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, I knew it was going to be hard. I mean, Rachel's a pretty well-known uh, golfer, and she's she's had an amazing career so far, and she's she's going to continue to. And so, um, it was it was definitely difficult, you know, knowing because I've never really played with Rachel, especially like straight up against her. Um, I just knew she was good, and so again, like it was match play, anyone's game, and. I just kind of looked at it like that and, and took it one whole at a time. And I was down pretty early in the match, but I didn't re really let it get to me. I, I mean, I had my brother on the bag, which was nice because he was able to be like, hey, like, you're fine. Like, you have like so many holes left. You have like, you know, 14 holes left. Like, you got this. And so it was nice to have him to be able to kind of chill me out. And like, I mean, Rachel and I were chatting during the round, like it is what it is. And so it's, it was definitely, um, it was a good experience for, for sure. But I definitely took a lot of confidence from that match because I mean, like I've said, and like anyone says, like it's anyone's game. And like, especially at the amateur, like doesn't matter if you're the one or the 64 seed, like if you made it there in the first place, like good job. And then if you made it into the match play, like even better, like that's one of the top amateur events in the world. And so that there's something to be said for that. And so that's why, again, like you look at a lot, there was a lot of upsets for sure during that whole entire, that whole entire first round of 64, like you saw a lot of it. And so it was pretty exciting.
all of this talk about these long weeks of golf reminds me that your team did something kind of historic last spring. You and your team qualified for the NCAA tournament for the first time in 29 years. So in order to get there, you and your team had to play at Ohio State's regional, which my team was at as well. And that is a pretty tough course that I'm sure you've gotten to know pretty well over the years. And something that was kind of unfortunate about this week was that due to the weather and the wet conditions, we were not able to have a practice round and we were able to just have a walkthrough of the golf course. How did your team deal with that adversity and kind of adjust to the circumstances? I mean, personally, I was not nervous because I've played there before. However, I think if I were in a position where I hadn't played the course, I would be like, okay, like, yeah, I'm a little nervous about it. But I mean, it was a good thing we were able to walk it for sure. Because like, yeah, it's one thing to play a golf course, but if you can at least see it and and know where about your ball is going to go and everything, then it's, it's not a super big issue. I mean, I think we handled it really well. Um, I don't think anyone like let it get to them at all. And I knew that golf course just from playing it a few times. And I don't know what it was, but when we found out we were going there, I was so excited, A, because it was in Ohio. So like, you know, that was nice. And then also I felt like it set up really well for our team. I don't know why, but I just, I felt like it was a golf course that we could definitely do some damage on. How far away do you live from this golf course? It's about, it's about hour and 20 minutes. How many of your friends and family were able to come and support you during regionals week? Um, my, my mom and my dad came and then I had a lot, I have a lot of friends that um, go to school at Ohio state. And so I had a lot of them come out and were able to support me. And then a few people that I've just known from high school. I mean, my high school coach was able to come out and watch, which I'm sure was really exciting to be able to come back to the same golf course that, you know, he watched or he coached me at. And so I think that was really special for sure. I was, I was really excited to have it there. How many times have you played that course prior to regionals? Prior to that, I've, I've really only played it three or four times. I mean, when we play state, we play at that course. However, we play the gray course. So we played the Scarlet course for regionals. However, for state, for the women, we played the gray. So it was a different golf course. So like the expectations, I mean, a lot of people ask, like, how do you handle the expectations of going to a golf course that you're familiar with? But a lot of people forget, like, I didn't really have super high expectations because I knew it was a hard golf course. Yeah, I played it before and I felt comfortable being in that atmosphere, you know, being on that range, being on that practice screen and everything. So that was comfortable, but again, like the expectation wise, it was pretty easy to handle it because it wasn't the same golf course. You guys started off your first round tied for 11th and then progressively got better each day. What was your, your mindset and the rest of the team's mindset after that first round? Um, honestly, for some reason, we really kind of struggled last year, in my opinion, on starting well. Um, which we've talked about it, you know, with our coaches and with our team, like, why do we do that? Like, do we, ex are, are our expectations too high? Like what's going on? And so our, our second day was usually a lot better. And then, you know, the third is also better. And so we, we weren't really surprised by it. I mean, that sounds bad, but like, we were like, okay, yeah, we didn't play well today, but we still have two more days and 
we can, we can still get this back and we can still get it going. And so that ended up happening. And so that was super exciting. And it just goes to show, like, we still had confidence in ourselves that we could still play well. So you guys finished that final day. How long was it before you realized that your team had qualified for nationals? And what was everybody's reactions when they found out? We found out almost immediately because there was a big score, a big scoreboard, and we were obviously following it online. Um, that was super exciting. I mean, I had never seen Golda get so happy. I mean, she was like crying. She was getting all the emotions. And so it was really cool to see Golda and Brian like be super excited for us because, you know, they're coaches. They've been there for, you know, years. And so they're the ones that are coaching, you know, their players to try to get to nationals and try to win a national championship. And so to be able to finally have that opportunity where we were able to go and play there, like that was so special for all of us too, because like, obviously after the season got shortened fresh, our freshman year to go back and then sophomore year to be able to compete in a national championship was like insane. Fast forward a couple of weeks and the team is out in Phoenix, Arizona for the national championship. Was this one of your first times playing desert golf? Yes, I had never played out in Arizona. The last time I did, I played eight holes right before COVID hit because we were at our tournament in, in Arizona playing our practice round. And then coach was like, yo, like we're going home. Um, so either than the eight holes I played, that was like the first time I'd ever played out there. And I loved it. Like I loved the grass out there. I thought it was awesome. And obviously you hit the ball farther because you're playing in the desert. And so um, it was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really happy that they have that event out in Arizona. Now, we both are from the Midwest, so obviously playing that kind of golf is much different than what we're used to. What really stood out to you about this golf course, and how did you adjust to some of the differences that you encountered? I mean, you had to change, um, obviously, for how like how, how far you were going to hit the ball because it was different. Um, but, I mean, it was honestly just more of a, a visual difference, you know, like, you know, as you said, like we're, we play golf in the Midwest, like golf looks a little different up here. You know, the grass is greener, the rough is thicker. And so going to Arizona, like it was weird when you would hit a ball where it would usually be rough. And then next thing you know, you're hitting next to a bunch of cactus, like, or cacti or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but, um, it was just weird. And so it was, yeah, it was definitely a visual, um, getting used to it visually, but it was cool. And I really liked it a lot. Yes, out there, it's so much more difficult. You have to pick smaller targets just because the fairways are so much more narrow, in my opinion. I mean, Marissa could testify to this. That first round I played out there prior to the eight holes we played like two years ago, I had like four unplayables. I mean, it's just so narrow. And some of the unplayables I had, I chose a target that I liked. And, you know, maybe it, it faded just a little bit too much. Yeah, I think one thing our team encountered that was really different and kind of weird for us was like the map. So instead of saying like, oh, I'm going to aim at this tree, it's like, oh, I'm going to aim at this corner of the mountain. And just like having to kind of navigate that was really tough for a lot of us because most of my teammates are from the East Coast or the Midwest as well. And so that was really weird for us to like figure out how to talk to our coaches about that. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that was definitely super weird. And like, 
I don't know if you guys remember like the mountain that they called it like Tom's thumb or something. Yeah, I remember when like Brian would be like, you have to aim at Tom's thumb. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? Like, it's just so funny. And it kind of gives you a little laugh when you're like aiming at it. And it's just like, oh, like, that's so weird. But I mean, whatever works. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a reality check in a way, because it's like you're out playing golf and all of a sudden you're just like looking at the mountains and being from this part of the country where it's like the flattest place ever and there's nothing but cornfields and trees. It's like you stand and you just look and it's like, wow, this is really beautiful. Like we're just so lucky to be able to go out and just play golf on, on places like that. So it was definitely kind of a, a real cool perspective changing week. Now, getting away from golf, did you guys do anything fun while you were out there? We stayed at the resort, I think all of the um, teams stayed at. And so it's kind of nice, like at the end of the day to just be able to hang out, like maybe by the pool and, you know, be together because like that was the first time that nobody had um, schoolwork, you know, even at regionals, we still had schoolwork. And so it was so nice because after the round, like nobody had the excuse of like, oh, like I can't hang out. Like I have to go and do homework. And so it was nice. Cause that was like the first time we were all able to just hang out and be a team. And then obviously you were able to see some of your friends from other teams as well and hang out with them. So I think that was really special. And we also, we went hiking as well, which was really fun. Um, I forget where it, where it was, but it was super hard and it was, it wasn't even that long, but just like the elevation change was crazy, but that was also really fun to be able to go hiking. Our trainer took us, our trainer took us hiking. And so Amy, so she, she, uh, she led us and it was fun. Being from Ohio, what do you do to practice golf during the winter? Yeah, it's, it's definitely tough. You know, in the winter, it's a lot of swing mechanics. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have a place nearby where I can practice indoors um, that has a track man, um, which is super nice because obviously when you're hitting into a net, you can't like, you can't really tell much about where your ball is going. Um, so that's kind of like the main, like the main thing you do. And then if you get some random days where it gets in like the forties, maybe the fifties, then you're, you're going out and you're playing. I mean, it stinks because sometimes it's so cold. Like our, I don't know if you guys do it, Megan, but like our golf course, we'll call it like the winter course. And so everything will be flipped. So like, it's, it sounds really weird, but you start like the tee box is like 18, like near 18's green and you play the whole course backwards. So, yeah. It's really weird, but they do it to like, save the greens on the golf course so instead of hitting to a green like the flag is like in the middle of a tee box and so it's kind of quirky but again like it teaches you to just you know have fun and and enjoy the fact that you're even able to play in the winter it gives you a little bit of some appreciation for the game sometimes yeah i don't think we've ever had that before i don't know if it's because of like the type of grass we have or if our weather if it's like just because it's a little different um, whenever it gets below like 32 degrees, they actually have to like put tarp on our greens so we can't even like use the greens. But maybe when they do that, that's what we should just do is just hit to all the tee boxes. That yeah. sounds kind of fun. It is that's fun. It's, it's weird though, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. So now I have to ask, what are the some of the worst conditions that you have ever played or practiced in? Oh gosh. I can't like remember a specific time, but 
I remember last year we had a situ we had a time where we were qualifying and I think like it was so cold we had to end up like waiting for two hours for our tea time and then we were finishing up our round I think it started snowing or something I don't really remember but it was freezing and we were playing out at uh Champions Trace which is one of our golf courses around here um but I just remember it being so cold and like you know you hit your shot and then you put your mittens back on that have hand warmers and then you take them off and hit another shot and it was not super fun um but it was definitely an experience yeah, those kind of experiences really make you stronger. I mean, if you can play in those conditions, you can play in anything. It's really funny. I think about some of the worst experiences I've had. And the one tournament I ever played in where it snowed, well, there's actually two, but one of the two times where I played in it snowed, it was actually at your guys' home course. I was probably like, yeah, I was probably like 13 years old. And I was playing at your guys' course and like just a small event. And it started snowing. Was it and a guy? I think it was a golf week. It was either a golf week or like a, a Peggy Kirk Bell, I think is what the tour is called. And I would have to do like the hand warmer and gloves and then take them on and off. I had layers of like rain pants and jackets on and I have to take them off to hit and put them on. And like playing and stuff like that totally makes you stronger. Cause I mean, you play in like a 50 degree windy day and you're like, oh, this is great. It could be snowing right now. So yeah. definitely, it definitely hardens you up for sure. For sure. So how are the winters in Kentucky? How do you guys practice when the weather gets kind of cold or snowy? Um, obviously, we have to go indoors. I mean, this past November and December, we really had some pretty good weather. So we weren't indoors too often. Um, but when we do and when it gets, you know, gets snow on the ground, we do a lot of track man work, competitions on the track man, you know, we'll get on the putting green downstairs or do some chipping competitions downstairs in our putting area. And then obviously now with the new putt view, like we'll do some competitions on there too. So we try to do a lot of competition. It'll usually be half and half. So like half of it's on your own time, work on what you need to do. And then the other half, it's like, yo, like it's competition time. Cause you have to keep that mindset. Cause it's hard. It's easy to forget about it in the off season. Like, oh, it's the off season. Like we can chill, but like, it's important to at least have some competition every time you go to practice. How do you adjust from going to indoor mat practice from playing on grass for events? Um, I think that comes with just getting used to it. I mean, for me, at least, you know, being up north, like you go from, you know, mats to grass pretty often. Um, I used to be really bad at it. I don't know why. You just adapt to it once you get to do it um, all the time. Um, so I think sometimes when you've been inside for too long that first time going out and playing your course management is a little rusty um so that's important to continue to like honestly stay patient because it's you're not going to go shoot like a course record like your first round back is not going to be like that but to just stay patient and kind of remember what you worked on and and enjoy the process like you, like go into it knowing yeah this is going to be difficult but what can i do like, what can I shoot, even though I know it's going to be hard? Traveling out to Arizona, the weather is much different there than where we are from. Was there any advice you were given on how to handle the heat? Yeah, we had to take a lot of um, liquid IV. We, our athletic trainer, Amy, was like shoving those at us. She was like, take it, take it, take it. And so 
we did a lot of that. And then I remember the first day we got there, we walked to the golf course and we were all dying. Like it was so hot. And so I think I put my umbrella up. I don't really remember, but I just remember it being super hot. And so it was just to every time that you had water that you had a liquid IV in it. And so it just keep you hydrated. So luckily we now have NIL deals, the name image likeness where we can get paid. What kind of NIL deals do you currently have? Um, I, so my first one was with um, Tourline Golf. Um, and that has been one that I've been using. It's like a chalk line. And so I've used that for this past fall season. And I've really liked working with uh, Christian, who's the founder of it. And then um, I just recently started with Putt View um, yardage books. And so I'm really excited about that as well. And I just got back from Florida. So I was able to try out some of the books while I was down there playing. And so um, it's really exciting to be able to do this. I mean, you're you're dealing with products that are golf related, but you're also getting exposed to other products as well that aren't golf related. And so it's nice because you're trying new things and you're able to promote people's products that you like and you're finding things that you like and you dislike. And so you got to stick with what you like and you don't, don't just do the NIL deal because it's offered to you. Like really think about like, is this going to be, is this going to make me better? Is this, is this what's best for me? And so that's kind of what I've been working with recently. Yeah, that's a very solid point because you can get caught up and lost in all the money and stuff. The two of your NIL deals are with huge golf brands such as Toraline and PuttView. Have you always been a fan of those products? Um, I've used PuttView before in the past, so I've known about the yardage books and I'm a very I'm a I'm a technical player and so I like um, the ability to look at a yardage book um, in a green sheet and see like what the green is doing. Um, some people don't like that. And so they probably wouldn't do an NIL deal with a yardage book company. And it's just, it's based off of what works for you. And then obviously with, with the chalk line as well, like, again, that's a big thing for me as well, because I like to make sure that my mechanics are good before I go out and play. And so to just kind of throw a chalk line down, like, you know, figure out, you can do a straight putt, you can do, you know, a breaking putt or whatever it's just nice to keep the technique there how helpful do you think nil is for athletes specifically college golfers i think it's super helpful i mean yes i've learned about these products but i've learned a lot of business things obviously going into finance like i want that business brain and i've learned a lot about it just kind of talking with the founders of some of these products and kind of negotiating too. I mean, you're, it's, they're, you're negotiating something as well. Like it's not just them giving you the deal. Like if you want, if you can give something back, then that's amazing. And like, that's a really important thing in business as well. You know, like you're learning how to, um, like, again, like I said, negotiate and to, you know, give a name, image, and likeness to yourself. And like, that's important. And I think that that's one of the main things I've learned is definitely kind of putting your business hat on and trying to make something of yourself. Yeah, that's the cool part about this experience as well as being able to learn how to market yourself and what names and connections you want tied with your name. Looking back on your experience with golf and being a college athlete, what is one thing you would tell your 18-year-old self going into college? Honestly, I would say trust yourself. I mean, 
I'm still like, I'm a junior in college and, you know, everyone's going to struggle with something. And so for me, it's like always remembering that you're a good player and to continue to have that confidence in yourself, even when you don't have your A game. And so I think it's important for junior golfers to realize like, you're not going to have your A game all the time. Like college coaches want to see you struggle and see what you can do with that. And so like, obviously they don't want to see it, but like, if you are struggling that day, like show them that you can, you know, scrap around and still shoot a solid score. Like, I think that's super important. And to have that confidence in yourself is definitely one of the most important things I think in golf. What is the most important thing you think you have gained from college golf? I think learn, I've learned so much. I mean, you are literally thrown on a team with eight other girls, eight different personalities, and you are all, again, you're competing against each other, but you're also competing for your school. And so like learning, you know, how to talk to certain people or how not to talk to certain people, like that was a huge thing. Cause you're not really, I mean, you live by yourself, like you live with your family when you're at home and then all of a sudden you're living with roommates or you're living with your, your teammates and stuff. And so it's important to remember like who you're talking to and you know, you're, you're talking to them respectfully and everything. And so I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned is definitely like how you can go about talking to certain people. And, and also I think the amount of people that you meet is so important. And I think that's just like one of the coolest things is like, you're again, like I said, like you're meeting eight different people that you found a connection with. And I think that's special and your connection is different with everyone. And so I think that's really cool. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you learn so much about yourself and others. I mean, I specifically learned so much about myself and you, you're right. You're put in this random situation and you have to learn how to fend for yourself. You have to learn how to cook, eat, speak to people, make friends. You know, it's like, it's just from the beginning, it's tough. Well, thank you so much, Marissa, for coming on. We really appreciate it. And thank you for having me. I appreciate it, you guys.